Welcome to the Reigning in Ray program, podcast, whatever it is, a division of the Basic Bible Podcast. I couldn't think of any, I, I couldn't find the appropriate intro song. music, and so I thought <laughs> I'd bring along the banjo. Yeah. Okay, that's going to be enough. All right, anyway, I'll, I'll work up on a theme song sometime to, uh, to close us out. Oh, listen to a story about a man named Jed. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this is the Reigning in Ray podcast. Again, it's under the umbrella of the Basic Bible podcast, but uh, we're not really just limiting ourselves to just the Bible, but really anything in general that mm-hmm. our awesome listeners want to hear us chat about. We do this once a month, yeah. and it's the second time we've done it. So, without any further, uh, well, Ray Jewel <laughs> is the Reigning in Ray of the. Raining in Ray podcast, the let's, one and only. Let's put it this way. <laughs> this podcast is evolving. Yes. <laughs> it is evolving. And uh, so Ray is, of course, the the founder and president of the Janesville Community Center, also the author of the Ray's Ramblings blog. You can hear him quite frequently on the Basic Bible Podcast with me, Kevin Thompson, uh, who's really a nobody. But anyway... Well. You're, um, you're nobody till somebody loves you is the way the there song you go. goes. And you got plenty of people who love you. <laughs> well, we've uh we've got a number of topics to get through, but Ray, last week was Thanksgiving. No, okay. actually it's next week, but, but uh, by the time, by the time play, this airs, yeah. yes, it'll be last week. Because so, Kevin's gotta make sure it's edited just right. Especially this well, this is really unedited. This is just like yeah. I know, we just, stream of consciousness. Whatever. So whatever, ha- so if Rachel starts letting it out with all the expletives and whatnot, it, it airs, it goes on. So <laughs> it's a deterrent. You could lose your job over that. I could. So if don't. anybody from the school listens to this, that, if anybody listens to this, actually, we we had a decent amount. I think we had about fifty or so listeners to the last one. Really? Last time I checked. Wow. But anyway, we've got a couple of topics, and and you guys in the Basic Bible Podcast Facebook group uh, suggested these questions. Now, before we get to those, I, I had a question for you again. It was Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. Uh, so what is it that you like about Thanksgiving? You, your, does your family have any traditions, or is there something that stands out that, yes, this is what I like about Thanksgiving? Well, my family used to have a tradition where uh, my oldest brother and his family would come together when they were living in Rockford, and well, actually even before that. And then every other year that we would do Thanksgiving one year, and the next year it would be Christmas so that was a big part, but since then my brothers retired and moved where most snowbirds go, mm-hmm. you know, Florida. Uh, and so I think now our our tradition is more instead of uh, doing our own thing at home, we go to one of the community meals that's ah. provided. Uh, the last few years it's been at the Salvation Army in, in Janesville. This year though. All Saints Anglican Church is having a, a service at 11 o'clock Thanksgiving Day, and then following that will be a, a meal to share. And uh, Father Earl Sias is very community-minded and mm. for the cause of Christ, and and we've done some things together. And so we're, and that's right in the neighborhood for us. Yeah. So we'll we'll be going to that this year, and looking forward to that. Well, for me, two memories pick step step, uh, step out. Step out? That's not what I want to say. 
But this is not edited, so... Stand out. Stand out, yes, stand out. So two memories stand out for me. One, what I used to love as a kid, we'd go to my grandparents' house. We used to live about a mile or two away from my grandparents. And uh, every, it was for us. I think I think Thanksgiving was actually bigger than Christmas for us. Oh wow! Uh, we had everyone come. All the cousins and aunts and uncles would come over, and then people I don't even know yeah. <laughs> would show up, right. and we'd have a big meal. My my grandmother was a great cook. I think it's it's been about two years now since she passed. Uh, just a great meal. Then when the table would be cleared away, mm-hmm. it would be my grandfather, my grandmother, myself, and my father. And we'd talk politics. Hmm. And we would talk, they would tell us stories about the old Boston politics. We'd talk about uh, Mayor James Michael Curley, vote often and early for James Michael Curley. Actually, served part of his term as mayor as in a, or congress, congressman in a jail cell. Um, kind of like a. So, is that where the phrase vote early, vote often? Comes I don't know from? if that's where it came from, but, but I, I, I think sure he employed it. Um, of course, but, it doesn't sound like Chicago politics where the dead are voting. Well, no, but, I mean, the guy was corrupt inside and out, but it was yeah. more like a Robin Hood type of thing where steal uh, from the rich and give to the poor. Like a Bernie before Bernie was Bernie okay. type of thing. And so, and then he'd talk about World War II stories, but the, the, the woman that, excuse me, the woman, the man that my grandmother could only refer to as Dugout Doug, otherwise known as Doug MacArthur. Ah. Uh, they would talk about World War II. And I, I used to just, I, I just... You just soaked it up, didn't you? I did. I just, yeah. I just loved it. That, that tells me a lot. I and mean, then, <laughs> I mean, I've always known you were a political yeah, junkie, but now you come by it naturally. That's, uh, yeah. And then uh, years later, my, my dad would get remarried after I, I was in college. And uh, my stepmother, I think I mentioned this actually on the last podcast, on a Thanksgiving podcast, but you haven't heard it. No. Uh, my, my stepmother, Jasmine, who may or may not be listening to this, um, she's from the Philippines, and I don't know if she didn't quite get what the Thanksgiving tradition was, but she cooked a turkey. It was a good turkey, but also lasagna, mm. chicken wings, Ooh. enchiladas, oh boy, egg rolls. Let's go. And uh, you know what? I, I, I was convinced, you know what? If she doesn't get it, then I hope she never does, because <laughs> I'm, I'm good with this. And she, yeah. for, for a couple of years, Especially she did the that egg way. rolls. Yeah. Made, um, by a, made by a native-born? Yeah. Ooh. All right. Well, hey, I'm getting an instant message from my wife right now. I'm looking yeah. at and uh, she wants me to stop at Walmart. And so if you're listening, yeah, I'll stop at Walmart. Of course, by the time you're listening to this, it'll be next week. And I'm pretty sure I'd get in a lot of trouble if I waited until next week to get what she wants, probably for dinner tonight. But anyway, uh, those are my – and now we just we go to my uh, my in-law's house in Delavan. They put on a nice meal. And uh, all, all of the, uh, the in-laws are over and we'll have fun. And, and what I love about them is they, our in-laws really have taken to our kids, mm-hmm. and uh, we really couldn't couldn't do it without them. Well, I tell you, I mean, you put yourself in a situation that it could go, it could have gone either way. Mm. You could have brought that into a situation that there was no way they're going to accept those kids. Yeah, and so I think you know God is in that, and and you know we don't want to, you know we're talking about traditions and stuff, right. but. I think the main thing to remember is, and I've, we've done this often wherever we've gone, everybody will say what they're thankful for. Yeah. And, you know, there's so much to be thankful for. Though it's interesting, most of the time we, we thank God for the good stuff. One of these days I'm going to have the guts enough to thank him for the bad stuff. Right. Like the, the Bible says we should. Because yeah. <laughs> it's through that time that, that we actually grow and become what he wants us to be. Okay, so a, a less serious question. Mm-hmm. What is it about the Thanksgiving meal 
that you look forward to the most? Oh, if I don't have turkey, I'm mm. I'm not happy. <laughs> I love I love turkey. I could eat I could eat turkey uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, yeah, anytime. I love oh, yeah. I love. So wait, so you're not a, you're not turkey. an Easter ham person? I am not an Easter oh. ham person. I I will eat the ham if it's there, but it's if it I'd much rather have turkey. Well, you are weeding meat. Thank you. You know that was coming. I know. Anyway, I'm a dad, and the dad jokes come out. But no, I, I agree with you. I, I look forward to the turkey. I also look forward to grossing out my wife yeah. by eating the skin off the turkey. Oh. And sometimes just the skin by it. It is incredibly unhealthy. Yes, it is. And it clogs your arteries, and it's probably going to cut 10 years off my life. But you know what? It's just that good. Really? Well, I don't know. But my, we'll see if my, my wife will slap it on my hands if she needs to. Right. Um, the other thing. In a now, loving way. The other thing I always, and now, I mean, when I was a kid, I didn't care too much. But now, I love pumpkin pie. Uh, That's got to oh. be a part of it, too. Oh, I can't stand the pumpkin part. Oh, Really? No. Oh, wow. See, my house growing up, it was always chocolate pie. My brother oh, would always yeah. eat chocolate yeah. pie. And, and I, I cooked one last year. I made one. I baked one. From scratch. To go with the uh, Thompson goulash that you're so famous for? Oh, Thompsonian goulash. No, I've, I've, Thompsonian never, goulash. I've never brought that for, for Thanksgiving. <laughs> but I thought about baking it and bringing it into work. Because yeah. people have asked me about it. But yeah. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. But you're in the other campus, so you wouldn't even have that. No, unless you were to send it with your boys in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to some of the questions that you guys have. Um the first question is from Tim Mason. And, you know... Some people just have to go there. Some people don't get it. And Tim is one of those guys. But and we is, love you dearly, Tim. And well, I, I especially enjoy working with your wife on a daily basis and interacting with her and all the teachers at uh, the elementary school. I, I'd say I'd enjoy working with your kids. But, no, anyway. <laughs> yes, they're, they're both great guys. Okay. Anyway, so... We we said I put out there that you can ask anything, ask anything right. of the absurdity or theological or political, and so Tim thought he'd try to cover all of his bases by asking about the, 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 the following question. With proper licensing permits and observance of OSHA regulations concerning fall protection, how many angels can actually dance on the head of a pin? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he just borrowed that last part from the age-old theological nonsense question. Yes, back from the Middle Ages, as I recall. My response to that, though, was uh, you know, some questions just want, uh, basically wants to, can make somebody want to become uh, a Sadducee. Yeah. Because yeah. Sadducees don't believe in angels, so I wouldn't have no. to deal with the question if right. I'm a Sadducee. You but know, they're sad, you see. So I you know the answer that. to my question? Uh, the, you know, my answer, answer to this is? question? Yeah. What's that? Five. <laughs> Five. <laughs> Prove me wrong. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, uh, chapter and verse. Yes, Prove chapter and verse. Chapter and verse. So until I've proven wrong, I'm going with five. <laughs> the answer is five. On a more serious note... Um, uh, Nate, Nathan, uh, Nathan, Nathaniel, uh, Cockett, my, uh, how, is it? How, how do I say this? It's my wife's cousin. So a cousin-in-law, is that a, is that a thing? Just go with wife's cousin. Wife's cousin, yes. <laughs> um, so Nate asked this question. 
Uh, how can we show love to people with whom we are discussing a matter of political disagreement? I, and that comes into play with Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, Ray, you've actually you've thought about this a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so how would you uh, answer this question? Well, and like I would anybody that I would have a perceived difference of opinion with, I mean, theologically or in other ways. But the first thing that, that I suggest is that we're, we're all created in the image of God. Mm. Therefore, you know, we are of value. Yep. Uh, we, have, we have worth. We are to treat each other with that in mind. Yep. That, that this is a person, regardless of what I might or they might believe, or what has happened in my life or their lives, or whatever you know, acts that we do, we're created in the image of God. So no matter if this person's a Democrat, a Republican, a Libertarian, they are a human and thus have intrinsic worth and value. So let's remember who we're talking to. Right. And uh, and to go along with that, uh, from my Arminian perspective, mm-hmm. Jesus died for everyone. So if, if the Lord of the universe is willing to die for everyone, that also makes that person a person of value. And to be treated with proper respect and dignity that comes from being someone that, that Christ loves so much to die for. Yeah. And that's a, it's a huge uh, thing. And in reality, too, if we can look at somebody and see Jesus, then we're going to treat him with respect. Mm. You know, I mean, we, we are to be Jesus to the world, but we also are to see Jesus in the world. And that's, I think, is a very biblical concept that I did a sermon once about, you know, I saw Jesus this week. And this was years ago now when we lived in central Illinois. I was pastoring a church. This old wizened lady came peddling through our town, our village, okay? It was you know, in, the, in the road. But uh, she was all, it was obvious she'd spent most of her days in the sun yeah and she was all shriveled up and stuff and she stayed in our home and then the next day i drove her past the interstate up to a, another place where she could continue on her journey you know we we don't know who we're serving in that it could be angels unaware it could be jesus himself that shows up out of nowhere never saw her before never saw her since mm. Uh, and there have been other people in my life that you know I might just meet one time. If we can see Jesus in that person, or you know, you know, look and look at that person with the eyes of Jesus, then that brings us to a place of understanding and compassion, and you know, making it not about whether I'm right or wrong. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a huge key. And then the next thing is humility. I mean, and, and I say this to myself more than I do just about anybody because I know how proud I am. Yeah. And how... Well, I how, know how proud you are, too. Well, yeah. And, and how I think I'm right most of the time. But in the last several years, I have come to realize that I don't have the yeah. market on everything. Yeah. I think one of the things that helped me was when we went to the same church, there were no other independent Christian churches in the area. And there was no other churches for five miles 
you know, and for in order to have fellowship, I was interacting with um, uh, the the disciples of Christ. The uh, there was a Southern Baptist that was even farther away, but we became really close. Presbyterian Church, the United Methodist. Uh, there was. A, Episcopalian church. There was two Catholic churches in this little town. There were two independent fundamental Baptist churches that didn't want to have anything to do with anybody. <laughs> they Probably not even each other. <laughs> well, exactly. They used to be together, but then they, one uh, group decided to become more independent and fundamental than the other. And they, that's why you know, some people split. say, hey, let's make like Baptists and split. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's go to number four, because I, I, I'm kind of interested in what you have to say about this. Oh, risk. Uh, the risk factor is... Being willing to take what you have strongly believed for a very long time, that it's almost you know, a part of who you are, yeah. and putting that on the line to be open to listen to the other side, and, mm. and to really listen, instead of sitting there ready to come back with your right. counter arguments, to, to learn from that person and from that viewpoint, and, and be willing to to allow somebody to help shape you and make you into a better person yourself. Yeah. And that's, that's risky. And a lot of people don't want to risk that because they're afraid of, you know, I mean, well, okay. So all of a sudden I find myself no longer entrenched in this group. And here I'm hanging out with this group that I don't agree completely on. Yeah. You know, so here I'm stuck in the middle and, Fortunately, you and I are stuck in the middle together. I think, yeah. Kevin, that oh, I, I that helps. So. <laughs> that helps because I, well, and I think Dave Dave Swanson is sort of in the middle with us. Yeah. But you know, though he leans left and I lean right, and you yeah. know, But but we we come out of that with a sense of synergy. You know that it that we become better people because of going there. Yeah. So there is some common ground we can find, and and that's the yeah. that's the the key thing is. Instead of going for all what divides us, let's look at what we agree yeah. on. And you know, often I've discovered, and part of how I discovered this was I was for a short while in central Illinois, the executive director of a local Habitat for Humanity affiliate. And the guy that preceded me was rather liberal in his uh, yeah. politics and stuff. And I was much more conservative. And, the, and we came to realize that we wanted the same thing. It yeah. was just how we were going to get to right. that thing that was the difference. I didn't realize you were building houses at Jimmy Carter. Uh, you know what? I almost <laughs> got to hear him speak, but that was when 9-11 happened. Uh, and I mean, he was supposed to be the main speaker at uh, the annual convention in yeah. Indianapolis. And we were going to go, and 9-11 happened, and Carter canceled his thing, right. and most of us stayed home because of... The craziness that was nine uh, eleven and after the aftermath. Well, let's. Uh, well, you and I, I think, in the past couple of years, uh, we've gotten involved with some more progressive and, and mm -hmm. liberal friends, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, I even got into some protests with them. Uh, you know. Well, we even went to and the first yeah. time I've ever gone to any kind of political debate was a Democratic uh, debate over right. in uh, Lake Geneva. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it was it, you know, and it's interesting because you know, that's my answer to this question, 
is not as well thought out as Ray's, of course. But um, as a teacher, I teach government. I mean, right. you know, we're talking about politics here. And I, I make it a point to invite in people who disagree with me. And mm-hmm. they, we're at a Christian school. We're going to be social conservatives here. And I, I'm not ashamed of that. I'm, 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 I'm pro-life and, and, and very adamantly so. Yeah. But I, I bring in people who disagree with me because we need to have some sort of conversation about this. And right. I can't have a conversation with a pinko commie leftist who wants to destroy America and, you know, kill uh, Uncle Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't have a conversation with a Democrat. Yeah. And so when a when, person, right? Yeah. And that goes to your very first point. Mm-hmm. Um, these people are made in the image of God, and and uh, they don't actually have horns in the back of their head. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, again, as you said, we do have some of the same goals, just different ways of achieving them. Right. And it's hard to demon. It's harder to demonize someone you've looked in the eye and shake and shaken hands with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you got to remember, yeah, meeting these people. Number one uh, is what I. would but I want to get to uh, Greg Johnston asked some more specific questions. And I want to read this. You know, Greg Johnston is a thorn in my side sometimes <laughs> because he's so hey, astute. that's my job. He's, <laughs> but he's so astute in how he brings things to a head. Yeah. And, that, and so, it's, I mean, it's a good thing. It's, right. not, it's not like I'm saying bad-mouthing Greg. I, I think highly of him. Yeah, we, we, you can't bad-mouth anybody who's in... Our, our podcast group. Our well, exactly. Group. Except we, we, Tim Mason. Oh, well, yeah, Tim. I mean, he's he's. I don't even know if Tim case. listens to the he's podcast. He's a special case. He, he's just a smart aleck who <laughs> had to get on our, our uh, answer our questions. Try, right. try to answer our questions so, prematurely. So Greg <laughs> said this. He asked this. How do you show love to a person who is convinced that the determinative issue in a candidate or party's position on abortion? In contrast, how does one love a person who is fully convinced that the determinative issue is a candidate or party's position on open immigration and social justice. And how does one of those persons show love to the other, especially when one or both of them believes that a certain position on those issues is essential for a Christian? I, I really appreciate this question because it does get to a deep issue. Mm-hmm. You know, as for me, I, I tell people I'm not a one-issue voter. I'm an at least one-issue voter, and that's the issue of abortion. Mm-hmm. To me, it's a very passionate topic, and it's a, it's a personal topic. It's a, well, and it's a primary yeah. topic. Uh, to me, um, no, I'm not going to vote for you just because you are pro-life. Mm-hmm. But if you're not pro-life, I'm probably not going to vote for you. Mm-hmm. And I do that out of conviction because it's an important issue. But you look at the issue of immigration, and we literally have people being locked in cages. Mm-hmm. You have families being separated. Mm-hmm. As someone who's pro-life, I have to, wow, yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's a moral issue as well. Sure. And that's an important issue. And it's even more important than the pro-life issue. It's, it's what would Jesus do? Well, I would say it's related. Well, yeah, no, I'm not yeah. saying it's not related. I'm just saying more important is how would Jesus handle this situation of the, uh, of the immigration? Again, they're people right. made in the image of God who deserve to be treated as such. Right. And we've got so many uh, conservatives who want to run them out on a rail. I mean, this is this is in a sense a repeat of what happened right. during World War II. The Jews were sent all over the world on boats and dying and and whatnot. I mean, well, and the, where's the humanity? And the Japanese as well in our own country. Oh yeah, yeah. I've I've got a friend from seminary. His family spent time in the detention camps, and you know, well, we weren't as bad as the Germans. Well, yeah. I mean, we weren't. 
gassing them. We weren't gassing them, but we were definitely damaging their right. their lives. So um, I, I appreciate the question because both are issues. And, and, and this is I, I was thinking about this a lot um, because there are a lot of people who would say, I have to vote for Donald Trump because of abortion. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of pro, we need pro-life justices on the Supreme Court. So I'm going to overlook a lot about Donald Trump mm-hmm. because of this issue. But we look at the Democrats and say, well, you can't vote for them because they're pro-choice. But you, I can see how a Christian, a Bible-believing, conservative, evangelical Christian, can look at this immigration issue and say, well, I can't vote for Donald Trump because of this. Mm-hmm. So I'll vote for Hillary Clinton or whoever the next nominee is going to be. And I'm going to overlook all this other stuff because I really think we're, we're, the immigration issue is important. Mm-hmm. I think for both of us, it's, it's important because the guy who's saying immigration, this is important, can easily point the, the finger at the Trump supporter and say, now see, how can you be a Christian mm-hmm. and support this? But the Trump supporter can look at the Democrat supporter and say, well, how can you ignore all of this and, you know, mm-hmm. about abortion? And, but, so I think it has, we have to have some understanding here. And, and, and stop questioning each other's motives. And, that's, and, and I've done that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been there. Uh, John MacArthur, uh, there's a quote from John, and I, don't, I have to look and see if it makes sure it's true, but basically saying, if you're a Christian, you can't vote for a Democrat mm-hmm. because of the abortion issue. But I feel like it's just as easy for somebody just on the other side and say, you can't be a Christian and vote for Donald Trump, the, the philanderer, the, the mm-hmm. gambling mogul, the, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the man who said all these horrible things about women. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we have to give each other some grace here. Well, and as I look at your wall, it reminds me of the fact that you and I, I assume you did, but I know I did, voted for a Democrat. Yeah. Who's pro-life. Yes. You know, um, she, I, in fact, had the chance to sit down and talk to him before the election and asked him about, well, so why are you a Democrat? Well, because they treat people better than right. the Republicans are treating people. We had basically. A, uh, I mean, I'm you know right. paraphrasing. I, I spoke with an African American pastor uh, I'm friends with, and uh, I had to ask him like, he's a big Democrat. How can? But he's a conservative. He's a conservative Christian. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, well, how can you vote for a Democrat who's pro-choice? And he said, well, it's not this single issue. It's not the only thing. Yeah. I, I have you know a lot of my congregation are born into poverty and they've had issues that. Republicans just aren't willing to address. Mm-hmm. And I have to think about my people and my congregation and what's best for them. Yeah. And while I don't approve of abortion, I can't approve of a lot of things that the Republicans do. Right. So I think we have to show each other some grace in this. And I, I, and, you know, and I have to show people grace because I get judgmental over these sure. issues. I get passionate about politics. Well, who doesn't? I mean, you know, it's, it's something that it's, it's usually the things that matter. Yeah. That we get out of, bent out of shape over, right? And um, you know, I mean, though I know some people get bent out of shape over the Bears and the Packers, but yeah. <laughs> you know, the the thing is, in this case, in this case especially, the Bible says a whole lot more about social justice than people are wanting to give it credit for. Oh, some people get real mad at you for saying that. I, uh, they do. And they come after me on Facebook when I say it yeah. on Facebook. But the thing is, if you want to use a different term for it, you want to call it biblical justice, okay. But it's sure. still social justice. Right. It's taking care of people 
whether it's through government programs or if it's through the church. I mean, let's face it, the church has failed in this regard. Yeah. The, the conservative evangelical church in America, which is the only one that I can speak to, has failed in you know, doing what Christ has called us to do. Let me read, uh, you know, it's interesting you say this because my pastor just spoke on this this morning. Oh, okay. Um, and Phil, Phil, Phil Allen, one of our regular uh, listeners, yes. right? Yes. Well, he, I don't know if he's a listener. I know he's okay. a frequent guest, and I hope he's listening. And he interacts with us. Yes. Which, which um, few people do. And he is in the group. <laughs> That's but, right. Uh, That's Phil right. had this to say, um, Isaiah 58, verse 6, Is not this the fast that I choose, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to end and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry mm-hmm. and bring life, excuse me, and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and to not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Mm-hmm. So scripture is clear. Oh, yeah. We're not to ignore these issues, and as conservatives, sometimes it's it's just it's 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 simple to just pass over this. Hey, pull your up, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, mm-hmm. and just you know uh, get a job, homeless person. Well, but that's not true. And, and and if for those of you who want to say, well, we're under the New Testament and the Old Testament doesn't matter. Look at Matthew twenty-five. Right. What Jesus says: If you have not visited the sick, clothed the naked, fed the hungry, you are not, you're, you're, you depart from me, you're not a part of, you know, and, I mean, they're at, their goats in that passage are saying, well, when did we see you like this? Yeah. Well, because you didn't do it to the, to my people, or to my creation, you didn't do it to me. For I was hungry, and you gave me mm-hmm. no food. I was thirsty, Jesus speaking, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and they said, well, they said, well, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or whatever? Then he said to them, truly, I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. Mm-hmm. That's pretty clear. Very clear. And, and a consistent message throughout the scriptures. Right. You know, like in Acts, when the, in Acts 15, when they had the first church council uh, the Jerusalem, Council of Jerusalem. Jer- yeah. Council of Jerusalem. The only requirement that they put on the people was to abstain from idols and you know to, to you know to yeah. This is take, Galatians two. Well, but, but in reference to what happened in Acts fifty, at least that's yeah, where I'm at. Uh, to take care of people. Yeah, it was interesting because you uh, in Galatians two, Paul is talking. He brings he brings Titus down with him mm-hmm. and. Uh, this whole big question about circumcision, questions about how do we interact with Jews and Gentiles, and they, they extend to him the right hand of fellowship. They say, yes, abstain. This is the only thing required, abstain from uh, blood, eating blood and all that stuff, but remember the poor. Mm-hmm. And, and Paul has said, I was already doing that. Mm-hmm. that. You don't even have to tell me to do that. Right. I, but In fact, had done it to the point of he, he brought... He brought offerings from the churches in the Gentile world to Jerusalem to take care of their situation in the midst of a famine. It's interesting because people are going to say, well, okay. And I think this is a fair point. Um, 
But some are going to say, well, okay, but that's, that's a personal thing. They didn't just wait for the government to do that. Right. And I, I would agree with that. So my response to that would be, okay, so what are you doing? Absolutely. That, that, that's exactly where I was going yeah, with that. Yeah. What, what are you doing? I can remember being in churches and that, that, that was brought up. And I said, well, that's not really the government's job to do that. That's the job of churches. Okay. Well, what are we doing? Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> right. And so, all right. Well, we are, we are already over time. And so I've got the banjo out again. It's time to sing us out. What are we singing? I don't know. We're not singing anything. I'm, not... I'm a horrible banjo player. So we're going to have to come up with a better theme song. Well, you're a better banjo this. player than I am. Well, that's true, but, Since I you know. Even try. <laughs> anyway, join us next time. I'm going to put this away. <laughs> join us next time, and uh, we'll have another Raining and Ray for the month of December. Oh, and it'll be really interesting because we're going to be talking to Santa Claus. Yes. The, 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 the singing Santa himself yep. is going to join us on the podcast. All right. So, uh, does that mean he has to come in garb? Well, I'll leave that up <laughs> only, to him. Only for the picture, huh? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So thanks very much for listening. Again, uh, don't forget uh, our basic Bible podcast is our normal podcast when we're going through the attributes of God. So don't forget about that. So this one's abnormal? This one's abnormal, okay. yes. Yeah. I don't put this in the same category as our normal stuff. This is kind of, we're just kind of laid back having some fun with these. Yeah. Uh, but we'll get back to the serious work on Monday. Oh, for the last 15 minutes, we weren't serious, huh? No, no. We've, this has been <laughs> talking 33 about politics. minutes. I'm talking so, about the political yeah. section of it, though. <laughs> that's true. We, we get serious sometimes. Yeah, but. and that's cool. All right. Well, we get to end this off. We do. All right. So join us back next time. Thanks for listening.